welcome back to the Continuation Podcast. Um, I'm here with a very special guest. It's my dad, Michael Butler. Great to be here. <laughs> um, you and my dad, we've been watching basketball for a long, long time. He's the one that got me into it. So uh, this will be very fun. We're going to get the episode started with a little bit of NBA, just some weekly highlights from the NBA. Um, we have quite a bit of stuff to get through, so we'll just start through it. Um, Sunday was a pretty big day in the NBA. Portland beat the Rockets, which isn't big news at all. That's as expected. But in the game, Damian Lillard had one of the best offensive showings of the season for sure. He scored 71 points and six rebounds and six assists. And it was uh, it was a crazy game for him and Portland. They ended up winning 131-114. But he ended up having around, he had, at the halftime, he had 41 points shooting 57 percent what do you think of that that's That's pretty terrific efficiency yeah yeah it was nuts um and he was perfect from the line for the entire game he went i think 14 for 14 or 13 for 13 from free throws which is nuts um and this year the only other player to match that was donovan mitchell back in january which is which is even more ridiculous that two guys got 71 points in a season and we like the fact that Dame is staying home and not trying to go to a super team. Exactly, right? He is. He's the one guy. CJ left him, McCollum, and he's staying. And it's great. You love to see that he's getting 71 points. So that was that was really cool. So that was Sunday. Uh, on Monday, we had uh, the Orlando Magic upset the Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans. They won 101-93. to And what was a close game until the end uh, when they kind of stretched out with free throws and fouling and stuff like that. Uh, but this game was in New Orleans, and Rookie of the Year candidate Paulo Boncaro had quite the game. He had 29 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. And uh, even their bench had a pretty good game. I saw in the stats, Mo Wagner had 14 points. Dad, you know him, Mo? Definitely, and I have to feel the uh, Pelicans are really missing Zion. Yeah. He seems to be stuck in street clothes. Yeah, for sure. But, He's uh, still hurt. He would be a difference maker, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Different uh, d- different team, definitely, without him. But, yeah, well, McCollum and Ingram, you'd think they'd be able to get it done for them. They and they actually had terrible games. They both shot under 50% from the field. At home, too, that's rare. Yeah, it was it was not good from what uh, from the stuff I saw. I didn't actually watch the game, but based on the stats and, and everything like that, it was not, not too good for them. So that was Monday night. Moving on to Tuesday, we had the Pacers upset the Mavericks in a thriller, 124 to 122. And this was something I actually lost money on, which was which sucked. But uh, the game, yeah. But the game was in Dallas. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who just got named an All Star for the first time this year, he really showed out and showed why he got that All Star selection. Uh, see, I thought he outperformed Kyrie and Luca, uh, especially in the final moments, which is something you wouldn't expect, eh? Well, I would say sometimes uh, guys like Halliburton can slip under the radar and just really perform well because there's no pressure on them. Right, exactly. Right, All these guys at the NBA are so talented, like yeah. we always say. I mean, your dad guys can just pop off. You can look at guys like Kyle Kuzma, guys that are role players on one team. They end up, if they're allowed to shoot 20 shots a game, they're going to score 30 points, right? So exactly. he ended up having, yeah, Halliburton had 32 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists, uh, and and uh, 12 free throws, which he used some of those free throws to close out the game near the end, which I was very upset about. <laughs> um, but also in the game, Luca had a, had his normal showing. He had 39 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. But uh, Kyrie, on the other hand, had a really tough game. He only had 16 points on 33% shooting. He sounded like he was very disinterested. Yeah, he was. It, it was really tough to watch, and it, it brings up the question, how, what do you think, how do you think 
the Mavs, you think they're going to be able to figure this out? Uh, well, it is the a chemistry. You're right. Sorry to talk over you. It no, is a chemistry uh, decision there, and Luca brings the ball up slow, and Kyrie is lightning. So it yeah. is a very difficult uh, blend that they're trying to come up with, but I think they may figure it out and get at least past one round in the playoffs. You think? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's just too talented. Yeah, they're too much, too much talent, too much scoring, and they they were able to beat Luca was able to beat the Phoenix last year in the playoff series, which was unexpected. So I think that's that's a that's a great point. That could definitely happen. Uh, moving on, also on Tuesday night, Denver the Nuggets beat the Rockets, which was as expected, of course. Houston, sorry to beat up on you guys. Um, but Canadian, Jamal Murray, we love to shout out Canadians, by the way, Dad, on this podcast, of course. Oh, Canada. Yes, <laughs> on the podcast. He had a great game. He had 32 points, four rebounds, six assists. Um, and Jokic in the game recorded his 24th triple-double of the season. Well, you know, if Murray can ever get back to his bubble status, yeah. where he really came alive there and was on his way to becoming an all-star, mm-hmm. and playing with Jokic gives him those opportunities, I think Jokic... And now has 25 triple-doubles, and I've heard they're 25-0 and 0 when he gets a triple-double. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that. So I, I would believe it. He's just so good, and it's it, sometimes his stats, like the triple-doubles definitely show up, but he's scoring like 12 points, oh. 14 points. He, people deny him his, his greatness, but he's so good. Do you think that he is still the front-runner for MVP? What do, you, what do you think there? Well, I think he, he's hidden on TV in Denver, for sure, so people don't see enough of him except his fantastic stats. Mm-hmm. And it's very tough to win three in a row. The last guy to do that was Larry Bird. Right. So you're going against Larry Legend there. <laughs> but uh, And I also think people are swayed by Embiid, and if Embiid, did, this is the first year I've seen Embiid be as healthy as he has. Yeah. So I, I would say he's got a shot. It'll be a close vote with maybe Tatum taking some votes away from Embiid because of the Eastern Conference. Right. So I think he will win his third in a row. You do. That's yeah. all you heard it here first. <laughs> and the joke, Jokic, to do it. I love to hear that. Okay, move on to Wednesday night. Uh, the Suns cruise past the Hornets. Like Once again, as expected, the score was 105-91. to But the story of this game was Kevin Durant making his debut in a Suns uniform, wearing 35 as always. Uh, a little weird to see for sure, but he scored 23 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists in 27 minutes. Uh, he just covered his player prop, which was good, which I found out from one of my friends <laughs> that, that, that I won a bet there, my good friend Reese. Um, but uh, also in the game, Devin Booker, he took over. He had 37 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and closed it out for them. And uh, if the Suns stay healthy, I really do think they could go far in the playoffs with this new lineup. What do you think there? I, I agree with you. I mean, let's remember, it was Durant's third debut in the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> so he's used to performing when he's ready to play. I'm a little not sold on Book. I think that he may be not used to doing it consistently. Yeah. And it's intimidating when you have Durant who can wear the leather off the ball. And uh, I think, of course, Chris Paul has to make all this come together. So I'd like to think Phoenix will go past two rounds uh, only because of Durant's uh, incredible ability to, you know, go play through anything or any kind of coverage. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Also, in the NBA this week were some injuries. We had some notable injuries. We had uh, LeBron James. He got injured on Sunday. He hurt his ankle. He kind of landed funny on it. I think it was his right foot tendon that got injured. Uh, That's what I read. Um, He was making a move to the basket and just kind of landed funny, and he went down. But he actually finished the game, which was made me think that he was fine. Uh, But then he's expected 
Lakers release a statement. He's expected to be out until late March and possibly even well, longer. Well, being a Laker fan my whole life, uh, the <laughs> dynasty and everything, yeah. it's very tough to watch LeBron get older, still being magnificent when he's healthy, but the nagging injuries seem to linger, and they'll be at a play-in game. And if Anthony Davis is not healthy to at least contribute, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think LeBron can do it at almost 38 anymore for a series. Yeah. Yeah, it's so tough, right? He's just, like uh, you said, yeah. he's been in the league what 18, 19 years. It's it's, it's and he'll come back when game. he's ready, which is good because all they have really is that playing game. They'll probably be a ten nine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they're tracking for yeah. now. They're actually on a little bit of a run without him. They are, um, but yeah, so that'll be notable. Hopefully, he can come back soon because we love LeBron here. Uh, the other injury that happened this week was Lamelo Ball, the youngin from Charlotte, uh, one of the Ball brothers. We watched him growing up. That was tough to see. He fractured his right ankle on Monday. Uh, during Charlotte's game against Detroit, and he's been ruled out for the remainder of the season. I think this really hurt Charlotte. Uh, oh, yeah. but well, they weren't really going anywhere, but it exactly. does hurt them. Uh, LaMelo, to me, is uh, Magic Johnson light. He is just a fantastic distributor of the ball. He's got a lot of flair. Mm-hmm. He could bring showtime to dull, dreary Charlotte. Yeah, true. And maybe if Michael could convince somebody to come in there with significance, yeah. <laughs> you think the legend Michael... The GOAT could get somebody to play there, but it just seems to be always a push. But LaMelo will be wonderful for that franchise in years to come. Okay, moving on to our dunk, our famous, moving on to our famous dunk or flunk segment here on the Continuation Podcast. Uh, for For this week's dunk... We're gonna have to go with, very hard to deny, Damian Lillard, 71 points in 40 minutes. Uh, played, which was ridiculous, which is something we didn't mention previously. Right. Uh, he was the only player to ever do so in that time in NBA history to score seventy points in uh, or seventy-one points rather in forty minutes. And thirteen threes, one off the record. Yeah, shooting at a very high percentage. Yeah, and Dame coming off the three-point contest where he made the field look pretty regular, he similar did. to Mr. Bird. Yes, back yes. in the day, <laughs> big Larry Bird fan. Uh, Mike is here, yeah. Uh, but yes, no, absolutely, it was an unbelievable performance. Damian Lillard, like you said, he's sticking with Portland. It's great to see. Yeah. You want guys like that to uh, to be rewarded for it, and also, especially if you live in Portland. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Moving on to our flunk <sighs> of the week. It just happened pretty recently. Uh, that is John Morant. He has been suspended two games and possibly more, still uh, still loading, um, for violence accusations and flashing a gun on Instagram Lives. This is just something you don't want to see from a star uh, in the NBA, especially uh, on a team, starting a team that's doing really well. Memphis is second in, second in the West. They're having a great year. Um, and I think this and Brandon Clark, Canadian, shout out to him, uh, yes. Getting injured this week. He also got injured this week. He's up for the season. He tore his ACL, I believe, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And we just saw it on the highlights. Achilles. Achilles. He tore his Achilles, which is just awful. You hate to see that. But losing both of them for a period of time, that could really hurt Memphis. I mean, they've got a lot of momentum going. They're beating good teams. What do you think there? Well, they're a deep team, yeah. for sure, with bench. Mm-hmm. I would have to say, though, that, uh, you know, I love watching Jaw. And, uh, it's disappointing. It reminds me of a time back in the early 2000s or late 2000s with the Gilbert Arenas, mm-hmm. a fantastic player that just got caught up in the wrong 
decision making but i think you know with some good guidance he'll come out of it shining exactly yeah that's what you can hope but uh yeah just really surprising to see that this week so that is definitely gonna be a flunk on jaw sorry okay now we are gonna move on to other news in basketball but for our other news segment i want to focus on march madness ncaa march madness is coming up it's what selection sunday is about a week away I believe uh, from the date we're recording this episode, so it's getting it's getting very uh, it's getting very tense. It's a wide open tournament this year. Dad, we have been talking about this a little bit. Um, I'm just going to go over some of the three favorites we have so far based on who Vegas has as the three favorites based well, on yeah, the betting so when odds. You look at March Madness this time next week. It's going to be March Sadness for teams that didn't get picked. Yeah, and there's a lot on the bubble because the tournaments, the conference tournaments, are all this week. Mm-hmm. I do have great fondness for the March Madness. I've been to it many times, and it attracted me when I was a senior in high school when Larry and Magic met in the final, and uh, Larry's team was undefeated. Yeah, it was Michigan State versus Indiana. Indiana State. Indiana State. Yeah, right? Sycamores versus the Spartans, and it had it would outdraw on TV NBA final games. Really? So it was an incredible kickoff to the what the league everybody sees as now well yeah and they were the ones that put the league basically on notice the nba so you can Barkley believe that said they saved the league yeah and, yeah and he was a beneficiary of it and then players now are you know the average salary in the nba is 10 million dollars yeah so when bird came into the league the average salary was two hundred thousand. yeah pretty uh <laughs> pretty significant impact for sure those two legends but yeah it that. is tournament time yes okay so with that said uh, a little background there. With that said, we got three favorites that I wanted to highlight uh, that Vegas has in their top odds to win the tournament. This is to win the entire March Madness. This is before the brackets are out. This is just right now, uh, the day of recording this episode, yeah. Sunday, March 5th. Okay, so first up, Vegas has the University of Houston as favorite at plus 650 odds wow. to win the tournament as of right now. They are the right out or straight out favorite. They got a twenty-two and eight, or sorry, a, they have a twenty-eight and two Ooh, geez, that's a overall record. record. Their last loss was in January, and since then they've rallied off a ten-game win streak. Um, they have senior guard Marcus Sasser, I believe that's how you say his name. Yeah. He's been averaging seventeen points, three boards, three assists per game, and uh, from what I've seen, he basically runs the offense for Houston. He's a very reliable guard, and he's a senior. No, and I think highlighting the fact that he is a senior, which is very rare to have a player of that caliber be a senior. They usually leave early or something or transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Houston deserves a chance to get the piano off their back. And the people that I grew up with, the Phi Slamma Jamma fans, would love to see Houston win a title. Right. It's one of the best or uh, universities never to win. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be great for them. You you can just hope that a team like that wins it, and like you said, for their fans, for their entire fan base. It'd be fantastic. Right. Okay. Next up, Vegas uh, has listed, or sorry, rather, Fox Sports has Alabama as a top favorite. Vegas has them as second favorite with Kansas, uh, but Fox Sports has labeled Alabama as a top favorite, even though it's the program's first time as a number one seed in the regular season heading into the tournament, and it's looking like they're going to stay at number one seed. Well, I think when most of your players are playing football, it's <laughs> tough to get them on the basketball team, but uh, yeah. this is a wonderful achievement for Alabama. Yeah, so they're at plus 800 odds to uh, to win the title. Their record is 26-5 and five overall. 
uh, at the time of recording this episode. They're first in the SEC conference. Um, but there's been some controversy surrounding this team. They had the whole thing happen with their freshman and best player, Brandon Miller, who got involved in a lot of accusations. I'm not going to go into too much of that, but that attracted a lot of negative attention to the team. Um, but it has seemed to blow over this week. I don't, I'm not hearing much news about it. Um, because if they were to not have him, I do not think they are a number one seed. He is quite the player. He's pretty exceptional from the highlights I've seen. Yeah, I would and have yeah. to say Alabama has to build momentum. And mm-hmm. the momentum would be winning the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. going right into the end March Madness. Because as you saw from UNC last year, if you go in with momentum, you can get on a run and you can dominate. And I hope they can right the wrong with Brandon Miller to have him play. But they're pretty deep. Mm-hmm. So I do like their chances, but everything is based on the SEC conference tournament because that's where you have to win games you're supposed to win. You're right. Yeah, building that momentum is huge, yeah. like you said, going to that tournament because you want to you be playing your best setting in because anything can happen. Uh, they also have a junior guard, Mark Sears. I wanted to highlight him. He's averaging 13 points, four boards, three assists. He's been really reliable for them. Um, but as I just saw this morning of recording this episode, they just got upset uh, by Texas A&M, uh, giving them, handing them their fifth loss of the season. So that's a little bit worrying. But I guess Fox still has them as a top favorite, but I wondered if they changed that. It'd uh, be a good bet to take because I think Miller will come back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he is back. No. I think he is playing. Oh, good. He good. is playing because they got everything dropped. But yes, I and think it would be. When you look at tournament teams, when you see a player like Mark Sears averaging 13 points, when you're averaging 15 or so points a game in the NCAA, it's like averaging 25 in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You really contribute to a team because the games are in the 60s to 70s to 80s and not right. the 110s, 120s, 130s. You're right. So uh, they look good to me, you know, and uh, again, you know, uh, it's very tough to be uh, recognized as a school for football and to get the uh, sunlight on you as a basketball team. And they've done a great job for that. And yeah. I just hope they can continue. I think that's a great point for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next favorite, Vegas, uh, with the same odds as Alabama at plus 800 to win the national championship, is the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, and this team, the research I've done, they're a high-flying team with a lot of energy and a lot of height. Uh, they got four starters over the height of 6'6", um, who all average over 10 points per game. Uh, wow. the, their top guy is a 6'8", junior Jalen Wilson he's averaging 20 points per game eight rebounds three assists um but on top of that they got this freshman this 6'8 freshman Grady Dick who is a great addition that I think helped move the team into a favorite he's averaging 14 points five boards and two assists that Kansas I know you watch Kansas you love Kansas how do you think this team could do? Well, yeah, Kansas. I mean, uh, Dr. James Naismith was their first coach. Oh, there so you go. <laughs> the, the inventor of basketball. So, yes, I don't mean to go back in the archives like that. But no. I like Kansas, but, man, is it tough to repeat. Yeah. It's one of the toughest things because you have players that have left the team for the NBA, and they did have some go. But they could do it because, I think, as you mentioned in the outset, it's a wide-open tournament this year. Mm-hmm. There's no favorite that you can really lock down. And yeah. I would urge my son not to spend much money betting on <laughs> you know, picks because I think it could change overnight. You're right. Uh, that's some great advice. I think I'm going to take that <laughs> advice. I can't lose any more money. Um, but, yeah, Kansas, how about them? That would be great. Uh, okay, moving on. We got some other contenders based on Vegas odds. This is all based on Vegas as of right now. Um, so who we have. 
We got UCLA. They're, UCLA and Purdue are plus 1,000 odds. And I just want to say something about Purdue. Dad, we've watched Purdue. Yeah. They got a Canadian. Shout out to him, Zach Eady, oh, center. Yeah. He's one of the top centers in the nation. He's Wonderful up for the kid. Yeah, he's up for the Naismith Player of the Year or College Player of the yeah. Year award for sure. Um, but I, we don't see them going far in no. the tournament, do we, at all? I would put uh, UCLA is due. Due to get to a final yeah. again. And uh, they are cyclical, and they've had a series of winning every 10 or 11 years. So I think UCLA is a better bet. I think Purdue is just not deep enough or reliable enough. And and NCAA teams, unlike the NBA, can really lock down big guys in the paint and do a lot of ball prevention. And so I think Edie will have his hands full just spinning and trying to put something in. He's a wonderful kid. I just don't think he has enough help. Well, yeah, and we talked about their guard play is just not good enough. No. Like, they just no. can't get it done. We've seen them. They, we saw with them lost to uh, Indiana, who's a great team, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, they just don't have the guard Sadly, play Sadly, I think the Boilermaker is a great drink, but not a great team. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. Uh, okay, some other contenders uh, we got. We have Baylor uh, at plus 1,600 odds. Now, they just, Keontae George, their freshman guard, Keontae George, who's very good, he just got hurt. Well, I don't. We don't know for sure if he's going to be back for the tournament, yeah. but I'd assume he would be. I think it was just a sprain on his ankle. Yeah, what? Baylor is a wonderful organization. They were always a bridesmaid for years and got the monkey off their back a couple of years ago. They play great basketball. They're always 25-plus wins. I love Baylor to go deep in the tournament this year, even with or without that freshman, mm. only because they're fantastically coached. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with you there. That that's they were good and they were in it with that uh, with Davion Smith and the team they won it with not too long ago, right? Oh, yeah, fantastic. And they were so good that team. Um, uh, other team we got the famous Gonzaga. They're at plus two thousand odds to win the tournament. They got guys like Drew Timmy, who's quite uh, quite a center, and he's got he kind of reminds me of like that Christian Leitner like skill right skill set he can he's got that, great post moves. That's some mighty good praise. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that Timmy is experienced and he has great low post moves and he's a reliable shooter. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could carry a team like Leitner, <laughs> but the Zags, uh, they're going to take a couple of years to get back to where they were because they were a recruiting powerhouse. And I think they're lacking some recruits right now and it's tough to get them there. They're losing uh, recruits to bigger schools. Uh-huh. And I think Gonzaga is kind of like Butler in the early 2010s yeah butler would get there and impress everybody but they just didn't have the horses and i think gonzaga's a couple of years away and a couple of good recruiting classes away from getting there texas oh my another football school yeah they're, uh, they're up next they uh they again it would be a fantastic pick to get the monkey off their back i think they're way under the radar here and i like those odds and it would be uh advantageous to give Texas a little bit of your hard-earned tuition money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're also listed at plus 2,000 odds. Them, Gonzaga, and UConn are all plus 2,000 odds. UConn I don't know too much about. Well, if you're in the Big East and you're playing tough games, uh, anytime you have to play Villanova and teams like that, you're going to be seasoned. But really, they're just, again, in a down couple of years of recruiting. And it's tough to get people to go to UConn when, you know, there's... Uh, no winters in Texas or yeah. Florida or that type of thing. All right, so those are the other contenders uh, uh, for the NCAA tournament to win. 
Next up, we're going to talk about some sleepers, some notable yeah. sleepers uh, that I read about. We've got a little bit of information on them here. So our mm-hmm. first sleeper uh, we have is Tennessee. They are 22-9 and nine overall in the season. They're fourth in the SEC, which is, again, pretty pretty powerful conference, right? Pretty mm-hmm. good conference. Um, they got a pretty well-balanced lineup. I mean, uh, they got three guys averaging 11-plus points, and they got three senior yeah, starters, big. which is pretty notable. Also, uh, for Tennessee, they beat Kansas early mm-hmm. in the year, who is third-ranked. Um, and they upset Alabama not too long ago on February 15th. Yeah, I like the senior guards. Tennessee is a basketball legendary school. That has never won, so some would say that it's their time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, again, they've got to build momentum in the SEC tournament. You're this right. is their time, really. If they're going to do something, they've got to make it to the final there and perhaps win. Yeah, for sure. And they got those cool jumpers we love, those striped jumpers that they wear in their warm-ups. Yeah, I love those. We guys. saw them live one time at uh, Scotiabank, and they mm-hmm. uh, they didn't... Uh, didn't disappoint. No, they were they were good. Uh, yes. All right. Moving on to our next sleeper, we have Indiana. Indiana is twenty and ten overall in the season. They're second in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I mentioned previously, me and my dad, we watched them outplay Purdue at, yeah. at, uh, in Purdue at home, um, and they were swept in the season series. They swept Purdue in their season yeah. series. They beat uh, beat them twice. They got some problems, man. They got 6'9", some good problems oh, yeah. uh, for other teams. They have a 6'9 senior in Trace Jackson Davis, who uh, is definitely an issue for teams, and he's also up for the yeah. Naismith College Player of the and Year. so he should. I mean, he can uh, stay out of foul trouble. He is tough. He can make shots. Mm-hmm. And Indiana plays always, always plays man-to-man. So yeah. to not get in foul trouble there against a guy like Edie, we saw them. We were very impressed, and... Uh, the Big Ten tournament is wide open because you can't rely on Purdue mm-hmm. or Northwestern. Northwestern yeah. has a nice record, but other than having Michael Wilbon as one of their graduates, they really aren't and destined to do any damage in the tournament. Yes, very true. Uh, just another thing to add, they uh, in that Purdue game we watched, and I, he's been having a good season, they have a 6'6 freshman yeah. guard in Jalen Hood Shafino. Right. He, uh, he's averaging 13 points, four boards, and four assists. But we saw him. This kid can close out oh, games. Yeah. I think he had 30 points against Purdue. I think he's definitely going to be a problem. Great guard play for Indiana, and I think they could go pretty far. I think time. as we learned from Jalen Suggs, when you're a freshman, you don't understand the pressure, so mm-hmm. you perform. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you become a sophomore, junior, or senior, then you realize what's at stake. Yeah. So <laughs> th- this kid was fantastic, and uh, if he can just keep in the moment, to be terrific for Indiana, who, uh, you know, if people may not remember, but they're the last team ever to go undefeated in the tournament. Are they? Yes, Bobby Knight was their coach see, back I didn't in 1980. Wow, see, see, I didn't even know that. Bringing some good <laughs> knowledge to the podcast. Thank you, Dad. Well, it's Jurassic. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on to our next sleeper. We have the wonderful Creighton. Um, Creighton this year is 20-11 and 11 on the season, 20 wins, 11 losses. They're third in the Big East, uh, and they really surprised a lot of teams early. We saw them play in that early tournament in Hawaii, I believe it was. Yeah. They had a great showing. Uh, they have five starters who are averaging 12-plus points per game, and wow. they just play as a unit on both ends of the floor. Very good defensively, very good offensively. Mm-hmm. And shout-out to six-foot sophomore uh, point guard Ryan Nemhard. He's from Aurora, Ontario. I actually grew up playing against him in soccer and other sports. I had no idea he played basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's been averaging 12 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists on the year. And he provides really good ball handling and guard defense, which, as we mentioned, is definitely huge 
in the tournament, in the March Madness tournament. Oh, for sure. So what do you, you think know, of this team? Well, when you live in Toronto and you go to TMU, how can you not vote for the Blue Jays? Exactly. And they're pretty terrific. And Nemhart is a pass-first guard like his brother. And mm-hmm. he makes everybody better, as you mentioned, with five starters averaging 12 points a game. They're going to do well in the Big East tournament. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't. I think they're, they're small. They are small. They're small. And small ball only works in certain situations, and it's dependent on who you get matched up to in the dance. Very true. Very true. Okay. Our last sleeper, and I just thought I had to mention them because of just the talent this team has, is the University of North Carolina. Um, I mean, what a just up and down year they've had mostly down they're 19 and 12 on the year um they're seventh in the acc standings and uh the legendary hubert davis he's their coach he the tar heels were favorited going into the beginning number of the season ranked. number one ranked yeah. at the beginning of the season but with some turmoil with the team i mean you know you heard some stuff some rumors that happened they dropped and they got a lot of really really bad losses yeah. But uh, what do you think of this team, Dad? We watched them play in the tournament last year. Well, like, they yeah. were just fantastic last year, and Baycott was, and still is, one of my favorites, and I wish he'd be a Raptor one day, because I think he plays very, very hard and very, very smart. Mm-hmm. But UNC is definitely, I mean, they lost yesterday to Duke to close out the uh, season going into their tournament, so they're going to have to run the table in their tournament, maybe even to get in. Yeah, so yeah, they're not even not, guaranteed in. It's been very rare that a NCAA finalist goes next year to the NIT. So I would say that they're playing out of fear. They were fantastically talented last year. And again, they were young and not aware of the moment. And now they are aware of the moment and people are bringing it to them because they want to hang a loss on the blue. When you, yeah. And when you take the Tar Heels down... It looks good on any resume. That's so true. I would say that Davis has his hands tied here in some ways. But boy, do I love Baycott and I love Caleb. He's just terrific. Well, yeah, Caleb Love, like he, he's a great player. He's averaging 17 points, four rebounds, three oh, assists yeah. this year. Pretty similar to last year. Mm-hmm. Baycott, 17 points, 11 rebounds, one assist. I mean, they got guys like R.J. Davis, oh. who's a good guard. They got, they got their closers, like you said earlier. They got guys that can close games. Yeah. They're just not used to being uh, as hunted Mm -hmm. as they were last year. They kind of flew under the radar. I mean, they beat Duke three times, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was a very talented Duke squad. Oh, yeah. They spoiled Coach K's last game. Yeah, which made me very happy. (laughs) So, (laughs) but uh, there's no question that uh, UNC would be uh, a very difficult pick to go a long way. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, well, that's some great insight there. Um, that's perfect, man. And March Madness, we're very looking forward to the tournament, um, and we are actually not quite done yet. Okay, moving on to our final segment uh, of this episode is, of course, I would never leave you guys hanging on the bets. It's going to be our betting segment. Uh, we still don't know from the last episode how we did. The games are just finishing up for this week. But let's jump right into my NBA underdog picks for the week of Monday, March 13th. So to start off on Monday, I have the Sacramento Kings beating Milwaukee. Sacramento's at home. I think they take this one. On Tuesday, I have the Portland Trail Blazers and Damian Lillard beating the New York Knicks again in Portland. I think that home advantage will help them out. On Wednesday, 
I have the Spurs beating the Mavericks in San Antonio. I think this would be very good for the parlays. On Thursday, I have Brooklyn to cover the spread, whatever it may be, against Sacramento. Again, Brooklyn's at home. I think they're just playing really good. They'll cover it. And Friday, I have the Bulls to beat the Timberwolves at home in Chicago. I'm running the home slate uh, for these picks. Um, But we're going to move on. We're going to move away from NBA for the betting. And we're going to give you guys just two picks, my pick, my dad's pick, for the final list, the winner of the NCAA championship. For my pick, I'll go first. Uh, Just based on the talk we had, the insight I got, and just the stats I pulled up, I'm really, really liking Indiana to win. I think uh, that guy's senior, their senior, Trace Jackson Davis, he's a problem. I mean, that that guard really impressed me. Hood Shafino, he really impressed me. And they're deep, man. They took care of Purdue like nothing. Uh, Their defense was strong the whole game. Uh, They got some other guy who I believe he's a junior. I forget his name right now. But he, uh, he played really good in that game and the games I've seen. And they're second in the Big oh, Ten, I think tough that's conference. A great pick. I, I like I, them a lot. I think that's a great pick. And, uh, I mean, they play man-to-man, as I mentioned. It's their history. Mm-hmm. And man-to-man uh, can wear teams down, especially when they go full court in times of need, like closing out halves. Yep. So I like, the, I like your pick there. I, on the other hand, yeah. would like to think that finally a football school is going to win this whole thing it's mm-hmm. been a while mm-hmm. and uh, I like Texas all the way I think they've got a great basketball history and I think they've enough under the radar that they could get ahead of some teams early games in the tournament and go all the way through this tournament is very different this year as there's a wide open as you mentioned and uh, the key thing is there's nobody undefeated Mm-hmm. If you can remember back in the day, UNLV running revs were undefeated until the semis and lost to Duke. Mm-hmm. And then most recently we saw Gonzaga go down. And that was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, yeah. and they Jesus. went down in a final. Yeah. So with nobody undefeated, it is wide open. But I do like Texas, and I think that it is time that we got a football school to win the tournament. The Longhorns, man. The Longhorns. Yes. I like that pick a lot. Okay, that is going to do it uh, for our second episode of the Continuation Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this little March Madness really preview. Did. A continuation or the continuation seems to be well listened to. <laughs> yes, yes, we're building a fan base, hopefully Canadian basketball fan base. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. And for those of you that did tune in, keep on hooping and have a great day. Take care.